Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to the kitchen table. This week, I want to ask you a question. Do you often feel like you are at odds with your child? As if it is almost this adversarial relationship of what you say versus what they want. And and this really can happen across the spectrum of however old your child is. But we're going to talk about this today and see if we can't have some clear defined ideas about how we can parent confidently, how we can parent in a gospel-centered way where we are pointing back to the true source of hope and peace for our child while leading them in good decisions and still preserving a relationship. So today, Troy is going to join me because this is a conversation we have all the time in our home. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you. (laughs) And we do have this conversation all the time, don't we, about how do we parent this child in this moment and not be fully at odds with this kid? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think that is the challenge of parenting is how do we lead and guide our children in the right way and also maintain that relationship with them. And I I think that's probably the greatest challenge of parenting. Well, we have had a struggle, whether our kids were very young, all the way up till now, our college kids and our young adult kids. So I think our goal today is going to be to introduce from a high perspective, exactly what that would look like. And then we're, I mean, I would love to, for us to kind of break down, well, okay, so if I'm talking to my five-year-old or I'm talking to my 14-year-old, what what's looking different in that a little bit? So the first thing that we usually talk about in our home or the thing that you and I go back and forth on is trying to delineate out what exactly wisdom is because we really are pursuing wisdom with our children more than right or wrong, aren't we? Yeah. And I I would say, um, first of all, I think for mothers and fathers out there, I mean, this is a, an ongoing journey. I mean, Uh, I, I think when I look back at how we started this journey, I probably had a much different perspective on parenting. And so I would say a lot of Early parenting was was driven by what's right and wrong, and uh, probably as a father, applying a lot of pressure to produce what I perceived as right mm. for my children. And so I, I think that's definitely something that 
God has shaped even in me as a father. Um, you know, I know we've talked about it and maybe even on here is it that, you know, there was a time in parenting where as Christian parents, I think we're driven to, you know, have our children do certain things. So for me, I think a real turning point in my approach to parenting was the realization, even as a Christian parent, that it was easier to produce a Martha, and I really didn't have a clear idea of how to produce a Mary. And so when you look in Scripture where Jesus walks into the house and Mary is busy cleaning the kitchen, I mean, excuse me, Martha is busy cleaning the kitchen, and Mary just falls at his feet and worships. And to me, it became much more of a heart issue than a behavior issue. And really, I think for me, posed a tremendous challenge even in how I approach parenting. And I could see that in my relationship with some of my older children even. Um, you know, when I was looking at, at relationships and behavior and heart and really trying to understand how to begin to produce a heart in them that really just sought God and not so much one that behaved well because I could apply enough pressure Mm -hmm. for them to behave well. So I think that was a real transition point, even in goals of parenting, I guess. You know, so I would say even for encouragement for those parents out there, that, that this is not a uh, an end point, or I don't think you ever arrive at it. I think it's a relationship, and mm-hmm. I believe we continue to evolve. Uh, yeah. So I think I've come a long way in trying to even understand goals of parenting, and so that I think that has really shaped a lot of what I'm trying to do in those relationships now that probably didn't exist early on. What is wisdom? Hmm when we spend time with our children trying to define wisdom, the first thing we really try to teach them is that God is the source of wisdom. So we're not the source of wisdom. Certainly the culture is not the source of wisdom and they're not the source of wisdom. So I think, you know, as we pour into our children, usually whatever we're trying to teach and really uh, push into their lives really the first step is just understanding. Do they do they have knowledge of what it is we're talking about? So I think mm-hmm. those are important things when we're talking about wisdom is to just understand the source of it and what it is. And then the challenge is how do we then apply that? So yeah. really when we engage our children, it's one of those two things. Either they don't understand it or they're trying to learn how to apply it. And there's differences in how we approach those two things. If it's an understanding thing, then we need to teach. If it's an application thing, then we really need to experience that with them and help Mm -hmm. them begin to understand what they know and then how to apply it to their lives. And that changes often. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you can have children who are young who are learning wisdom in these basic spaces, and you know they know, but they're choosing, you know, they're not applying. And so you working in that and then all of a sudden you realize, oh my goodness, they, they don't, they don't know what is wise here because they've shifted. There's different things. Their life has expanded because they're growing and there's more that they're experiencing. And so it's that ebb and flow of looking at something and going, well, 
do they understand? And then are they are are they not just not applying what they understand? And I do think that that for us, um, I know for me, it it does when I can when I can remember to think clearly in a moment where I'm dealing with some a child in discipline. I can remember to think clearly because that that definitely is a struggle sometimes. Um, to have that pullback mechanism to say, to ask those two questions. Mm-hmm. Because if I can diagnose it a little bit more before I just wade into it and start trying to wield whatever sword I think is necessary, it really does help things to actually say, wait a minute, why are they doing this right here in this moment? Is it where I need to teach more? They had no clue or it was unclear or I did not communicate well, or is it they have no ability to apply for whatever reason? Right. And I think in those younger years, a lot of it is education. So you're just going back, basically saying, do you remember? Yeah. I mean, like a broken record. Do you remember the source of wisdom? So that, that they can at least verbalize yes and then you can say well how did you apply it here how how many times how many times do you think it takes for something to sink in (laughs) (laughs) how many times (laughs) Uh, when i think of my children then i think of me with god and i'm sure he's going how many times how How many many times times? (laughs) forever and then one more day (laughs) plus one yeah um yeah so i think i do think that's why, you know, when I look at when I started this, you know, with, with the older children, it really was in their teenage years. And so I think it's been really neat mm-hmm. to begin to apply that to the younger kids early where mm-hmm. that is the conversation so that yeah, it is a constant education of wisdom and the source of wisdom and what is wisdom. And so mm-hmm. that those conversations as they begin to apply it, Mm-hmm. You can see that even early on. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and I think, and we've talked a lot about this, but, you know, it is interesting now, especially in the teenage years, you know, mm-hmm. we look back and think, you know, when I was a teenager, I might could name 10 people who had some influence in my life. And so my parents pretty well had a grasp on who influenced me mm-hmm. and, and could filter yeah. It was those 10 voices against my parents, I guess. Yes. In the, in the wisdom world anyway. And now it is a tremendous battle with just the noise. When you think yeah. of social media and where I may have had 10, our children now probably have 10,000 voices saying what's okay and what's acceptable. And so, you know, I think in part of that, just defining wisdom and the source of wisdom, it is important to continue to reiterate and remind our children that the culture is not the source of wisdom. Right. And there are loud voices out there. Gosh, yes. And that they're not the source of wisdom. So I think it's interesting. I don't know that our younger kids know it so much, but just that's where I think that's important to just redefine and redefine who the source of wisdom is because it's not even mommy and daddy. Right. You know, God is a source of wisdom. But, you know, typically in the teenage years, when we're discussing some issue about what 
we're going to do, and again, in the old realm of right and wrong, what's okay to do or not okay, oftentimes the response is, well, everybody's doing it, or, well, I don't think it's that bad. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to those conversations of, I understand that, except the culture isn't the source of wisdom, so the fact everyone's doing it doesn't make it okay. And you're not the source of wisdom, so the fact that you think it's okay doesn't make it okay. But why yeah. don't we try to understand what God says about it? And, and I really feel like for me, it was, and again, it's not always a, you know, I mean, just sudden change. But I know with one of my children, there was a lot of tension over right and wrong. And just it just felt like we were constantly arguing about right and wrong. And it was always these voices of culture and what's okay and this is silly and this and that. And I can remember like the first time sort of in this tension over right and wrong, being able to say, well, do you think that was wise? And because we had spent time saying, this is what wisdom is. And this is, you know, God is a source of wisdom. In that moment, it immediately diffused that that tension between us and really pointed that child to spend a little time with God. Yeah. And that was... Wrestling, was it yeah. wise? I, I, yeah. I mean, I even remember, remember that moment. But, and I want to I wanna go back for a second because there's a lot in what you just said that's really, really important. And I think the first thing that you said that's super important for, I know for me or for another mom listening is you do feel oftentimes like it is you against your child Mm. and it's a defeating feeling because it's not at all what you imagine life would be like especially in those preteen and teen years as their sense of independence and being their own person is trying to emerge and it should emerge i mean you want them to be their own person um, is to understand for me when I'm in those places of tension with a child when I can step back and go why does it feel like it is me against them almost every time it comes back down to this that I am basically trying to wage war hmm. <laughs> with my child's opinion about culture or their own opinions instead of coming alongside of my child positionally and saying let's together explore what God's wisdom says in this situation and and I think though that when the and the, so I think that's an important thought for I know it is for me to always go back to and say, wait a minute. Because we can go through seasons where we're like completely, I mean, we just feel totally like we're the worst. And it's just, it's all breaking down. And your child, the reality of most kids is there, if you are butting heads like that, your kid is not going to be like, coming to you going well i think the reason it like they're they lack all wisdom for that so that is inherent upon us to say wow what is going on here 
Absolutely. Well, and I think honestly that approach, when I think back of myself as a as a younger parent, what I realize is I'm really gonna produce one of two things and one is rebellion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or the second is false security. Yep. Because they're either going to behave well because I'm I've mandated they behave well, and they're at best Martha, at yeah. worst faking it, and then when it really comes down to their relationship with God, they're not any closer than they ever were. They just behave well, yeah. or they're not really interested in behaving well, and they're just going to rebel. And so I think for me it was incredibly defeating because I realized. My greatest desire was for them to love the Lord, but I was trying to produce that through them behaving well. Yes. And so to me, it was just that realization that they're behaving well or rebelling and not behaving well. I was using as a false indicator of how they were doing spiritually and in their relationship with him. And to me, that was just a radical change in my mindset of parenting that that driving that behavior based on whatever amount of pressure I wanted to put didn't produce the outcome regardless of whether they behaved well or rebelled. And so it really was a radical place that's a in huge, parenting. That's yes. a huge conversation. That's Absolutely. almost a conversation for another day because it almost needs to sit in its own space for us to really understand that truth. That Absolutely. Well, and it may be a better product and an easier it, thing as it, a parent if they behave well. It's a little more fun, and it's a little more socially acceptable with your friends. <laughs> and, and it is, and unfortunately, I think in a lot of ways, probably more so even in the Christian community, is that's a success. Yeah. And it really doesn't equate to the heart of my child toward God. And no. in a lot right. of ways, you know, I think that's part of the struggle when we read all the statistics of kids that grow up in Christian homes and go to church and all that until they go to college. And then the vast majority do not go to church. And so it's this false picture even of success when really our heart should be, how do we help our children grow in a close relationship with him? Not how do we help our children behave well so we feel better about their Christian walk, which is yeah a lot of what that drove, certainly personally, but I see it and I see a lot of parents struggle with that, you know, even even day to day in terms of what it is that we're trying to accomplish in our parenting. Well, going back to this wisdom idea and going back to we're at odds with our kid and our kid is older, our child's older, because I hear this a lot. I hear it a lot from women. Well, great. If I had known this when they were four, I could have set this all up better. And I didn't know it. And now they're 14 or they're 16 or they're 18. And they see me as the, you know, the primary enemy or that we have no relationship or they ignore me or or I think they're just pretending around me and 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 I didn't know it and 
to me that I I under I I mean we can relate to that because mm-hmm. you know we did some of our shifting when our kids were teens, our oldest kids were teens, and uh, really um, reforming what even what is God what is who is God and. You know, we've talked about that when we did ages and stages a while ago. But I mean, I remember weeping one night with you because I realized that somehow, I mean, I had asked the children, was God angry with them when they did something wrong? And each one of the older kids said, yes, they believed that God was angry. And I remember weeping because I realized that that was the messaging that was from us. Mm-hmm. It was a lie from the pit of hell because scripturally God's wrath, it was expended at the cross and there's not, there's not wrath and anger poured out on the child who is, who is saved or the individual who is saved. And yet they believed that absolutely, because I was angry. <laughs> well, and I think that's the, I mean, again, I will say that this is a process and even a learning that's mm-hmm. evolving as we parent. And and even now I know these truths and I have to remind myself of yeah, them. Yeah, all daily, the time. Much less my, my children. So yeah. I will say no matter where they are and and number one, God is very gracious and, and mm-hmm. yeah, he's not sitting there going, well, you failed. They're 14 and you missed your opportunities. I mean, there's right. so many opportunities daily we miss and his grace is sufficient. Yeah. And his love is real and his pursuit of them is real. And so he loves them way better than we do and pursues them way harder even than we do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an important reminder. But these truths, they're never too old to be reminded of, even if you've never reminded them of them until now, is that, you know, and again, I I will say that absolutely like the anger, because that's my response for whatever reason, for um, reaction to being disrespected or frustration with the children because they, they aren't doing what they're supposed to do or because of they've done something that's wounded someone else or whatever that reason is, that doesn't mean there's not consequences to those actions. But And there's consequences when we do things. But it's not from a source of God's anger. And I do think that's a very important point, that I would tend to be angry. That's not his reaction, even though there's consequences. Right. But again, it goes back to that where your child at, at 14 may never have heard this and they're really not that interested and they may be even rebellious against it, but it's still the truth. So it's still, well, and it's still valuable to begin. Well, in the, in the, in the desire to challenge them to be wise means in some ways that they're going to have the freedom to be unwise. And when they are unwise, there's going to be consequences, but there's a, a teaching moment there as well mm-hmm. where we get to say, you know, this choice wasn't very wise and it, it had consequences. 
you know, what would wisdom have looked like? And, you know, what does God say about that? And, and honestly, this comes down to friend choices, movie selections, music, video games, all the questions of, can I do this? You know, you can yeah. go, no, because that's not right. Yeah. And, and, and that's very tempting, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, well, it, yeah, and it's super, <laughs> yeah, my first reaction almost always is no. Well, and that's easy, <laughs> because it, no, duh. I mean, you know, um, so, I, and really a lot of what we've challenged our kids is, you know, do you think that's wise? Can yes. you, and we've made them present and mm-hmm. even write papers or, you know, at least present a <laughs> an argument and, yes. and an understanding of what, because really what wisdom is in God's eyes is foreseeing the consequences of whatever decision you're about to make before you make it. And so having them think through what might be the downside to that decision right. before they ever decide it is just good exercise no matter what the decision is. But if there's... Well, and also, I think another part of that that we really ask them to do is to understand themselves in it. Mm-hmm. What are, what because are what would be downfalls? wise for one child right. may not be wise for another child. And that's okay to say that, to understand that as the parent and in essence go, that's, that's not going to be wise for you. Right. I mean, because of who of your personality, your temperament, your personality, you. your right. whatever, how God made you. But it's so important for them to understand. And that goes back to the teachings that we've talked about here on the podcast about just understanding, gosh, this is how my flesh shows up. This is who I am. This is where I stumble. This is my sin tendency. And these are the things. And, and adding that into the equation of their argument for why they want to do whatever or see whatever or go wherever. Yeah, that narrative where, where you center around wisdom, I believe, creates tremendous opportunities to help the child understand themselves mm-hmm. and to help them understand God. And, it, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways, pushes that discussion between them and him. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links, as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.